This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's called Takedown, the attempted political assassination of Patrick Brown, and it is causing a sensation even before it is officially released. It's Patrick Brown's account of how he was ousted as PC leader after CTV went to air with anonymous allegations of sexual misconduct. The most explosive revelations in the book are about Finance Minister Vic Fideli and Minister of Community and Social Services Lisa McLeod, as you heard in Bob's News. PC insiders have closed ranks and are condemning Patrick Brown. And now he joins us with his take. Thanks so much for joining us, Patrick. Hello. Hey, Libby. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Great. Uh, A fascinating read. Congratulations. Um, What are you hoping to accomplish with this book? In uh, in the adversity that I faced earlier in this year, uh, um, there was a lot of attention. At the time, I wasn't doing much uh, media, uh, and I had a number of publishing companies approach me about telling uh, my story. Uh, there were three companies that uh, aggressively pitched the idea of writing a book, and uh, I agreed on um, Optimum Publishing. Uh, uh, you know, they were very clear that I could write a very honest uh, um, assessment of what went down, and I told them I didn't want it released until after the provincial election, didn't want to interfere with the uh, electoral cycle, and uh, that's why we waited until the fall, even though much of the book was completed uh, in uh, in the spring. And, and frankly, putting a light on some of the happenings at, at uh, Queen's Park, uh, um, you know, it, uh, it's important. And, and, and I felt it was um, good for everyone to know exactly what happened. Uh, okay, and it's, uh, it, it was uh, quite, uh, uh, you know, quite took quite a bit of doing to figure out your take on what happened. So uh, let's get to the meat of it, uh, the the two people in your caucus that you seem to focus on uh, in terms of being against you are number one, Vic Fideli, the finance minister who you say dodged a bullet with um, some sexual allegations against him. We, we know those allegations actually did happen. Uh, but the woman didn't pursue it. Um, Doug Ford in the legislature just said that there has been an investigation into that. Does that jive with your take? The, uh, I, from what it, it doesn't jive with, 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 with my take. Having said that, I wasn't there. Uh, um, and, and frankly, whatever settlement, whatever was uh, uh, arrived at, uh, that's between uh, um, Minister Fideli and, and the individual. I just highlighted um in the in the book because I was privy to uh, the lawyer's letter that was uh, sent by the um, individual uh, that it was very hypocritical uh, based on what uh, on uh, on what Vic Fideli was saying at the time you know how someone in the midst of this could be saying such um, uh, disingenuous comments like you know he said I always believed the woman right? and, and and clearly that wasn't in the case uh, when the allegations against uh, yourself uh, and so 
the hypocrisy we see sometimes at Queen's Park is is quite ridiculous. And you know, I highlight in the in the book how I'm very happy to be away from the hornet's nest that is Queen's Park and and the the, hypo- the hypocrisy that we saw with Vic Fidelli is um, just a, a sample of some of the uh, ugliness that we see within um, uh, the political atmosphere at Queen's Park. The other thing are the things you said about Lisa McLeod. Uh, you say that uh, people hated her and also that she faked her mental illness, something uh, that a lot so, of people from all sides so, have yeah, have so condemned. Our, so, Libby, first of all, um, Lisa McLeod uh, said that in response to the book, but that's actually not in the book. Uh, it's actually quite the opposite. Uh, I highlighted in the book that when um, the Eastern Ontario organization chair, uh, um, when uh, some of her uh, her organizers and staff uh, felt that, that that was the case, that I actually went to back her up. Uh, yeah, you said the, she should the, be given the benefit of the, the, the doubt. The benefit of the doubt, and to the point that it caused real friction with Eastern Ontario organizers, because I went out of my way to support her. I, in two cases, one, Goldie Gamera, who was running against her for the nomination, would later go on to uh, run in Carleton. We told her, I told her, that uh, she couldn't run against Lisa McLeod. Um, and then another Chinese businessman, really popular Chinese businessman, Ottawa Riven, um, was told that he couldn't uh, uh, run against uh, Lisa. And I told Lisa, I said, we have your back. We're going to support you. You're not going to be challenged for your nomination. When, um, you know, you have our full support uh, as you go through this ordeal. And so you know, that's why it was, it was particularly shocking for me to see how vicious uh, Lisa McLeod was in January when I faced adversity after I had always had her, uh, her back. I had supported her through that entire situation against the wishes um, of uh, her, the very own Eastern Ontario organizers that are still there. So you you come to the conclusion that both Fideli and McLeod conspired against you. Uh, what was their motive, and and why did you reach that conclusion? Well, I I certainly say they uh, seized the moment when they when there was the sloppy journalism of of uh, CTV when there was that uh, those false allegations that uh, that came out, and uh, they took advantage of that opportunity yeah, um, and uh, wanted me uh, completely removed uh, from politics. And if you look at their actions during that uh, period, uh, um, you know, the, the, the CTV false allegation was obviously the catalyst that began everything, but, but they, they, they took advantage of that to remove a, a, a political adversary. I mean, but on the one hand, you said they weren't political adversaries at the time that you had so their I, back. I, I had supported them um, while I was PC leader, but you know, as you recall, I defeated them to win the PC leadership. Uh, uh, Vic Fidelli and Lisa McLeod ran against me in 2014 when I was running for the PC leadership, and as much as they were my political adversaries in that leadership, um, I put both of them on the front bench. I made Vic Fidelli the finance critic. I um, I uh, prevented uh, um, Lisa McLeod's uh, uh, nomination challenges at a time that she was facing uh, adversity, and so uh, where I was p- particularly hurt and disheartened is despite going out of the way to show them support, the fact that they would conspire against me uh, just shows you how vicious politics can be sometimes. And and was that just ambition, or to what do you ascribe it? I think uh, power can change people. That uh, ambition is is uh, is dangerous, and so and so 
absolutely. You know, I, I think in the case of those individuals, it was probably driven more by ambition than anything else. Uh, um, you know, I had other challenges within the uh, Conservative Party. You know, obviously there was groups that uh, I was at odds with. Uh, you know, as much as we might have been um, miles high in the in the in, in the polls, as you could call at the time, we had a twenty point lead in public opinion across the province. I faced real challenges within the party. Being the first PC leader to march in the Toronto Pride Parade officially with a delegation, the Ottawa Pride Parade to support an updated sex education curriculum to condemn homophobia. Um, you know, I supported the Liberal motion on Islamophobia, um, being the only Conservative leader in the country to do that, uh, condemning, you know, hate is hate is hate. Uh, um, that doesn't matter which God you worship. Uh, um, my position on climate change, uh, you know, I even got booed at a party convention when I said we, we must do our part on climate change. It's man-made, it's irrefutable, and, and, and I want us to support the National Climate Change Accord. I, I got booed when I took that position. And I really felt, Libby, that it wasn't inconsistent with, conservatism. Um, you know, I, I tried to explain to the party faithful that Bill Davis was, uh, frankly, the premier that created the Ministry of the Environment, that Brian Maroney had negotiated the Acid Rain Treaty. Um, but I, I think it was very apparent that the positions I took as, as PC leader, um, there was acrimony within um, the hard right of the party on those positions. They really felt that I was moving the party uh, too far to the centre. Uh- I'd like to turn to what happened with your staff, because uh, on on the night you were taken down, uh, there was that infamous press conference on January 24th at 945, uh, where you say you were supposed to be at the podium with your staff behind you. Uh, meanwhile, they were in another room tweeting out their resignations, and that was uh, your chief of staff, Ali Kanvelshi, and uh, uh, Boddington and Robertson, right? So, for much of my time in public service, and here's a real lesson, you know, I had, I had hired people that had been long-time um, uh, loyalists, people that had been in the trenches with me, working hard together. In the final year before the provincial election, I chose uh, to hire, at the recommendation of others, um, so-called mercenaries, people that had uh, uh, had worked on previous provincial campaigns and national campaigns, the people that were supposedly campaign experts. And those individuals who are supposedly experts, the crisis management experts at, uh, at uh, high-level politics, uh, were incredibly uh, duplicitous, and their loyalty was incredibly fleeting during, um, during that uh, uh, adversity of the false allegations. And so uh, the fact that you know, I'd be, they'd write a speech for me and say they'd be waiting um, by my side... Uh, um, and then disappear and and write their own resignation was uh, appalling and um, you know that that's not what you expect of uh, uh, senior staff members uh, and frankly to the point that my family wanted to come up with me uh, when I made that announcement and they were told by those same staff not to because they wanted to be there. Uh, so, uh, is your conclusion were they out to get you? Or do you believe that they just, uh, at that moment, uh, when this was happening and they figured that you could not recover for it, they they want to save their own behinds? I think when it comes to hiring mercenaries, they're, um, they ultimately they, they look out for themselves. And uh, I think that's what happened. Uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, there was any calculation prior to that moment, but I, I certainly believe uh, um, they, they, they disappeared the moment that there was any uh, adversity.
so uh, I'm wondering if you have any insight into uh, the story that we discussed yesterday, and that's your former chief of staff, Ali Kanvelshi, uh, who was no friend to you. So he got a job after serving Vic Fideli at OPG. And uh, we learned from the Globe and Mail that uh, he was fired on his first day after a phone call from Doug Ford's chief of staff, and that this might leave taxpayers on the hook for half a million dollars. Uh, Do you have any insight into that? I have no uh, uh, insight. Uh, into into that, uh, um, and uh, it, it, obviously this all happened since you know, long after I left provincial politics. Uh, I was surprised to hear, um, given the controversy sw- uh, swirling around uh, Ali Ken Belshi, uh, that he would be hired at the OPG. Um, uh, but I'm not surprised that uh, it, it hasn't lasted long. Um, okay, um, now. Going through the book, you uh, pursued, you had a private investigator, and you pursued some theories like, where did this whole thing come from? Uh, You talk about some gaming interests, uh, and you also talk about people pitching the story to to, uh, CTV, and uh, also uh, the role of the liberals. So, uh, you know, what is your bottom line on exactly what took place here so in the book we shared everything that that you know, we found out during that period the, the the reality if you're asking me you know uh, if there was one person that designed what happened uh, uh, I, i'm i'm not sure uh, do i believe that there was a um an effort to uh, have me removed as pc leader absolutely um but uh, i think it, it it all you know predicated on um, uh, the, the the false allegations, and so um, you know, I I, I took positions uh, that were unpopular within the conservative movement that I thought were in the best interest of Ontario and in uh, Canada, um, and uh, you know, I certainly made a lot of enemies uh, on that journey. Uh, okay, but you're not sort of uh, fingering anyone' interest for for starting this. No, I just just sharing all the information that was provided to us uh, during that period, uh, oh. and and readers are able to make their own assessments based on uh, on on reading it. Okay, um, you also uh, get into some of the problems that you had, uh, and this has to do with nomination meetings, and and you know we heard stories about stuffed ballot boxes and candidates who were disqualified. Uh, you know, after you were ousted, uh, Fideli and Doug Ford were talking about uh, quote the mess that you left, and and you blame some of your staffers for those nomination problems, right? Well, no, actually, um, uh, I, I don't. I wrote an op-ed in the Toronto Star saying that uh, uh, I really believe that nominations should be run by Elections Ontario or Elections Canada federally, that, that uh, nominations are run by volunteers uh, and that the volunteers are ill-equipped to, to handle um, elections in some cases. And we had, we had one nomination in Brampton, uh, east, where there was twenty one thousand memberships, uh, you know th- that that that's larger than some small towns, and so um, when you have that many people participating, um, a political party uh, having volunteers uh, at nominations run, run the show are ill prepared for that. Uh, if you look at other countries, the primary uh, process, like you see in the United States, is run by electoral institutions, and so I really believe we need to make that step in in Canada. 
Um, it's one of the things I talk about in the book is, is, is how I believe as much as we try to take every precaution, um, it is a difficult process, especially when a political party is really popular in the polls. Everyone and their brother will fight for a nomination. They'll go to extraordinary lengths uh, to try to win a nomination because when a party is popular in the polls, that the battle really isn't the general election. It's winning the nomination. Uh, and, and we saw that by the sheer size of, of some of the nominations. It's one of the reasons I talked about why, you know, I heard stories that people were cutting corners and when I heard stories that people, allegations that people were cheating, that I brought in PWC uh, to oversee the process. And that was the first time a political party had brought in uh, third-party oversight. Um, I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but there is a quote where you're talking to your staff and telling them, come on, guys, it's a real, you know, S show. I don't want to swear on the air. Mm. Yeah, and, and so when I just, when I sort of lost my patience with the ongoing uh, um, stories of problems at nominations, they, when I talk about that frustration, that's when I brought PWC in, uh, that I said, uh, you know, I wasn't satisfied that the um, they were able to handle the size of the nominations, the the aggression that some of the candidates were taking taking to win nominations, and it's why I brought in uh, PwC. Okay. Um, what about the reaction? I'm I'm sure you heard uh, the comments from from Doug Ford, from Lisa McLeod, and and on social media, uh, PC insiders have really closed ranks and are condemning your book. Does that surprise you? It, it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, uh, the, the reality is, uh, I think uh, uh, Premier Ford is uh, running a very uh, strict uh, uh, ship there at, uh, at Queen's Park. I, I think he expects um, unequivocal loyalty from, from, from everyone. And, uh, you know, I, I think even when we've seen uh, other um, issues that have come up early in his term, whether it was the um, changes to uh, municipal uh, councils, uh, um, you know, the really the, the, the caucus uh, defended each other. Um, um, if you look at some of the people uh, that are running his administration, frankly, I, I know many of them. They, they are um, from the Stephen Harper team uh, when I was actually in Ottawa, and for them, caucus discipline um, is, uh, is very strict. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I saw, if you look at what happened to people that stepped out of line uh, during the Harper era, if you look at the, uh, the Garth Turners of the world, uh, anyone that didn't uh, follow the lead of the leader uh, um, didn't last very long. And so um, it looks like that culture is uh, um, uh, revisited at Queen's Park. Uh, yeah, it's it's not just uh, the caucus, though. It's uh, people connected to the party, strategists and so on. Uh, does that surprise you? Well, if if consultants um, uh, who have to, you know, for, for a strategist or consultant who depends on the work of the government uh, is obviously going to follow government, uh, uh, you know, speaking points. So uh, you're not you're not uh, fussed by that. No, I'm I'm more encouraged by the fact that so many conservatives want to buy copies of the book. Uh, we're already sold out at uh, at chapters. Uh, uh, the orders have gone through the roof uh, on Amazon and online, and so the fact that we can't print books fast enough is a pretty good sign uh, uh, for uh, for for a novel. And so uh, it's going to be a great Christmas gift, and uh, <laughs> uh, I would encourage everyone to get a copy. Well, I, I have to say that uh, it was hard to put it down. Uh, really. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess anyone who is thinking about going into politics, not a nice business from what you describe there. 
no, it can be pretty vicious. Uh, and uh, and frankly, I think this book um, gives an insight into political parties that you wouldn't normally be able to uh, gather. It's it, normally how political parties operate, how caucuses operate. There's a real lid of uh, blanket of secrecy uh, over over that uh, uh, over those mechanics. And I think uh, uh, this gives a real insight into. Um, what happens inside a political party, what happens inside a, a caucus. Um, you're the mayor of Brampton now, and Brampton is a creature of the province, which means that you have to have some kind of working relationship with the government. Uh, what do you think this does to that? So a lot of our programs municipally, we require one-third, one-third, one-third funding uh, from the federal government and from the provincial government. Uh, as you know, uh, Doug Ford has just canceled the university in Brampton, Markham, and Milton. We already took that as a slap in the face to the to the city of Brampton. We have 60% less hospital uh, funding um, when it comes to health care beds than, than the provincial average. We're not getting any of the guns and gangs funding. And so... Branson's been forgotten, and frankly, being quiet uh, hasn't worked. Frankly, you know, Hazel McCallion took the province to task when Mississauga was being underfunded, and she got real results. And I don't want to be an apologist. I don't want to suck up to the provincial government. I will hold them accountable, and I will be loud, and I'll be very clear that we expect the same funding per capita as other communities. And uh, if if Doug Ford is going to shortchange the city of Brampton, it will be at his own political Peril. Yeah, that's right, 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 right. Right now, he has seats in Brampton, and it's in their self-interest to um, to provide funding for those seats. But I'll add this, uh, Livy. Uh, I was encouraged that uh, on two occasions now, the Prime Minister uh, has reached out. Uh, um, I had some very productive conversations with Prime Minister Trudeau. He understands that there is underfunding in Brampton right now. He's asked us to put together um, some suggestions of where the federal government could help. And so as much as I may be disheartened by what appears to be waning interest uh, from the provincial government in some of Brampton's projects, the fact that we have a renewed interest from the federal government uh, um, is is encouraging. And I guess Brampton's being talked about more than it's ever been before, both at Queen's Park and, uh, and, in, the, and, and in the House of Commons. And I suppose that's a good thing for a city that no one's ever paid attention to before. The fact that we haven't had any funding um, for our key projects, the fact that people are finally talking about the city of Brampton is a great thing. Uh, yeah, but this is personal. And uh, the the other question that I have about it is that, uh, you know, people uh, were, I think, probably forgetting about the scandal. You're, you have another job in politics. Doesn't this just sort of dredge everything up again? I thought it was important uh, to to put it all into the open. Why why have this animosity, uh, have this viciousness um, swept under the carpet? Frankly, um, I believe that uh, Vic Fidelli and Lisa McLeod, given their past vindictiveness, uh, uh, wouldn't have been open to any um, I- any uh, investments in in Brampton. Now, I think they're going to have to be particularly uh, careful to show that they're not that uh, um, petty and and, and mean spirited. If I were I just heard uh, earlier Mark Tuohy say the exact same thing. You know, having this in the open, and Mark Tuohy being a, a radio host on another uh, channel said, having this in the open, now the, the government's going to have to be a lot more careful um, to show that they're not going to be uh, petty and personal. And uh, we'll be watching. Uh, uh, frankly, it, 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 Brampton, the 905, is the swing area. 
And anyone that wants to be premier or prime minister needs to win seats um, in, in the city of Brampton. And so it'll be in Doug Ford's self-interest to show that the people of Brampton deserve the same funding per capita on education, transit, and health care. We haven't been getting it, and it's long overdue uh, that, it's, that, that it changes. And you know, I'll put it out there right now. If Doug Ford invests in the city of Brampton, I'll be the first to praise him. I, 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 I won't hesitate to congratulate anyone who's doing the right job. Uh, but right now, when we have less funding for health care, less funding for transit, less funding for um, our key needs as a community, um, I don't want it to be business as usual. Um Yeah, okay. Uh, So I know that uh, we are uh, running out of time a a little bit on this. Do you have anything to say the the Ford government uh, is having some uh, scandals of its own? uh, And there's an economic statement coming in about 45 minutes. Uh, Do you think that your book is going to overshadow that? And do you have any uh, thoughts on that? You know, so I, I'm going to take interest in the in the economic statement. I hope they honor their campaign uh, commitments, and uh, I guess we'll have a. There's no point of making um, guesses on, on what will be in that economic statement, but I'm hopeful they'll honor their they'll honor their campaign commitments. And anything else you want to tell us about the book? Well, I just want to encourage everyone to get a copy. Uh, you heard it here. Uh, Libby uh, said it was tough to to uh, to. to, to Put the book down, and uh, I, I can't think of a better review for, uh, for for a political book than this. Okay, I hope I don't live to regret saying that. <laughs> it was okay, Patrick Brown. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. My pleasure. Thank okay, so bye bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.